I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Umbody, and with me is Shay Dixon. We just got off the weekly Zoom call with Ed, head coach Ed Ogeron, who previewed LSU's matchup with South Carolina after having the weekend off thanks to the Florida Gators uh, COVID-19 outbreak that saw that game postponed. And Shay, we've got to jump right into the big news. We last podcasted on Miles Brennan dealing with an injury and the game being postponed. And we come back here on Monday. And once again, Miles Brennan is still questionable. Uh, he's upgraded, at least from LSU's end, from doubtful to questionable. But I think both of us would agree Ed Ogeron didn't exactly give anyone uh, really uh, good butterflies about uh, Miles Brennan playing against the South Carolina Gamecocks. No, and I mean, this has been rumor mill central. Um, every injury that you could imagine has been posted somewhere on a message board saying this is what he has. Um, but we know this, look, it doesn't seem like he's set for surgery, and they may have gone through a number of opinions to get to this point so far. But uh, Orgeron said last week that he was questionable and then said, look, he was not going to play against uh, Florida had we played that game. But also during his 30-minute probably talk with us, he said uh, at one point, he was kind of talking about something else, uh, or he was talking about the weekend off benefiting them more than had they played the game and got their game reps and played against Florida. And he said because he thought that the week off would really give Brandon the chance to just get back. And now he said it's Monday. He just met with the doctors and, uh, and the training staff and, and revealed that, uh, look, now he's questionable again. It's not healing as quickly as they thought it would. Um, and now they're going to move forward into this week doing the same thing they did a week ago, which was not practicing Brennan and letting a couple of true freshmen in Max uh, Johnson and TJ Finley split uh, reps 50-50. And, and we'll obviously go into that here in a second. But this is tough. Uh, Billy for LSU because statistically Brennan after three games is one of the best quarterbacks not only in the SEC but the country uh, in terms of passing yards per game he was asked to be in shootouts and he was still delivering um, and played through an injury that he suffered in the second quarter and threw for 400 and something yards so obviously now bruised up last week still bruised up this week Orgeron even said it's a significant lower body injury uh, but said nothing about surgery and said uh, right now, it's just a matter of, of taking a little more time to heal than they thought, uh, which to me uh, leads them to believe, hey, look, he may not play against South Carolina, and, and we'll revisit this before the Auburn game. Yeah, and I think the lower body injury is is you know concerning. Sometimes those things, and we have no idea what, what it is. Like you said, it's been rumored to be all sorts of injuries, but it, it sounds to me probably like a, like a muscle injury of some type, I would say. I mean, it, you know, you could see a broken leg or you could see a broken this or that, but uh, those, those muscle injuries sometimes are a little uh, difficult to, to deal with and treat and all that stuff. And that's just speculation on my part, but what it, what it leaves us with is watching what LSU will do with the backup quarterback situation. Once again, Max Johnson or TJ Finley, two, two, two true freshmen that both enrolled early in January. And uh, coach O said, you know, straight up, that was huge that they enrolled 
in January. And even though they didn't get many reps during spring ball because it was you know canceled due to COVID, but they were around in the meeting rooms, they were in the weight room. And he just said they were matured a lot through their time uh, of, of spending uh, that time around the program early on. So I think when whether they roll out Max Johnson or TJ Finley to start, both will play is what Coach O said, at least. And I think the offense could look really different with either one uh, at the helm because you've got somebody in Max Johnson who's pretty athletic, can run. That's something Ed Ogeron has always you know, harped on, I think, when talking about what he can bring to the offense. And then you've got TJ Finley, who has a big arm and, and can sling it down the field, but is, is definitely a little bit more uh, of, a, of a statue, I would think, in the pocket for the most part. Um, so I'm interested to see what Steve Ensminger is going to come up with when I would say at this point we most likely see both of them this weekend. Yeah, that's what Orgeron said. Uh, he said, look, we'll play them both. Uh, and I guess to give you the breakdown, Brendan has not been ruled out. He's questionable. But clearly from listening to the call, and you can go to Go 24-7, we'll have articles up with everything Orgeron said. We'll have our articles up with um, certainly the stuff about TJ and Max. But he talked a lot about them and, and their preparation and what they would do in the game. Um, so clearly he's put enough thought into it that it was going to happen last week, and it's it's looking like it's going to happen this week. Um, and he said just that. Look, both the guys are going to play. Um, and he said, I'll probably sit down Friday morning with both of them and tell them which one's starting. He said, but there's we're going to need them both, uh, and we'll put them both out there to see what they both can do because at this point, he said there really isn't some major separation that you're going to get to see in practice. And And I guess to dumb it down to like, <clears throat> excuse me, the most like elementary level of how he would describe both of them, is that Finley, who's 6'6", 240 to 250 pounds, you know, I think he's probably 242 is what he's listed at, uh, but he's your big guy. He's your your pocket passer, and he's certainly got the bigger arm. I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, and one thing they've continued to – I think they were impressed by in fall is that his accuracy just kind of continued to improve. And, and that might have been a knock at him at one point, but his footwork's gotten better. He's getting good coaching, and and now his accuracy start, accuracy starting to improve a bit. Then on the flip side, you've got Max Johnson, who's sick, not small by any means, but – Smaller than Finley at 6'5", about 220 pounds probably. But Orgeron said, look, Johnson's the guy who is going to make some wild plays. He's going to scramble. He can run the football for you. Um, he said he's a bit faster than Joe Burrow, and, and he can at least extend plays. Uh, and he said TJ's mobile enough to be pocket mobile. He can at least avoid, you know, make a step or two, get outside the pocket, and then make the throw. So it seems like there's a situations you could like them both in. Like, does LSU – feel like, okay, if we're going to have a freshman out there, he might be getting blitzed and, and all these different things. Maybe it's good to have a Max who can kind of move around and do something for you going side to side. Uh, or do you say, hey, look, we're going to run the football. We're going to hit our passes when we need to, and we can do that with EJ. Um, so I think we'll see both of them. And I do believe Orgeron when he's saying uh, that these two have given each other sort of neck and neck comp in, in camp. And in large part, I think that they've gotten enough reps to know how good they are. These guys aren't like, true freshmen that are fourth and fifth on the depth chart, they have Brendan and nobody else. So they've gotten a lot of reps coming into the spring. You miss spring ball, sure. But, uh, Billy, I feel like they've been around that room long enough, and Innsminger has been around the guys long enough, and certainly O's recruited all these guys long enough to, to at this point, he would know what he can get from both of them. And I think he's probably calling it like they see it, that you'd call it pretty much a split because you probably like some things about one guy and don't like some things and like some things about the other and don't like some things. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's sort of a wash until you know what they look like out on the field and in front of live action. 
Yeah, I, I think one good for them that this is probably going to come in Tiger Stadium rather than the swamp. And even a you know socially distanced swamp is a tough place to play, uh, you know, humidity, all that stuff. But they're going to be able to do it at home, which I think is going to help a lot. You're you're in a friendly environment for the most part. You know, you're not going to have to deal with crowd noise or anything like that. And I, I mean, I am I am one that when you look at true freshmen quarterbacks in any scenario in major college football you're just going to have to pump the brakes I mean very few can can come in and 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 do what a Trevor Lawrence did what Tua Tungvaluwa did uh, um, you know what Justin Fields probably should have done at Georgia <laughs> um, it, there just aren't many guys that do it Jaden Daniels at Arizona State comes to mind so you've got to I think when you when whatever this offense looks like against South Carolina schematically with Max Johnson or TJ Finley at the helm, just take a deep breath and know that this is their first ever live college action. This is a offense that, you know, it, it would have been a heck of a lot better with Jamar Chase or this or that, uh, you know, happening and having him available for them. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're true, two true freshmen making your first career, you know, debut in the SEC in the middle of the season where most teams are, are kind of, you know, they are who they are at this point. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how both of them perform, but I'm one that's definitely going to, you know, I think be cautious about having much high expectations for them. And that's why Ed Ogeron said it was so important for them to run the football a lot better than they had uh, in, in the first uh, you know games of the season, because they haven't done that as well as they'd like to. No, and that's probably every everyone that was just listening through your your break our breakdown really of of Miles being potentially out and, and a true freshman or, or two true freshmen really uh, playing and and one starting at quarterback for LSU is run the ball and and that's what Orgeron said he, he even cut into one question about <clears throat> excuse me about the uh, offensive attack and said just that he said hey and let me say we worked on running the ball on first downs this past week a lot incorporating that more into the playbook as opposed to trying to throw early and often. Uh, and really now knowing that you've got uh, two guys who've never taken a snap before, you want to be able to find something in the run game. And, and I know that even more so with John Emery, right? I mean, he's averaged over six yards a carry for you. He's delivered your only 100-plus yard game this year. He's leading the team in touchdowns. But they've been moving through this rotation at running back. They've got three talented ones uh, in Chris Curry and Ty Davis-Price and, and Emery. Uh, but Emory, the rotation went in that order, and Emory was third. So by the time you're rotating each series, you get to halftime, and Emory didn't have a t- carry against Missouri because he got in the game a couple of times, they threw it to him a couple of times, but never ran it with him. You got to find a way to get him involved early. I think that will probably be something uh, I'm really interested in watching. Do they go away with the series uh, by series rotation at running back, or does Emory move to the front of the line? Um, those are things that uh, I think can can certainly give a, a spark to the run game, and and I'd be interested to see what happens. But I, I'm certainly with you that when you want to talk about the game plan on offense, when you've got two kids who've never taken a college snap before uh, playing at quarterback for you, is find a way to run the football. Well, fortunately, they're not playing a Missouri or a, a Mississippi State who wants to throw it can can just get uh, an air raid attack and and make you get into a shootout. Uh, South Carolina will play more of an NFL pro style attack. Uh, they'll run out a fullback. They'll run out two tight ends. They'll do things um, that could also work the clock a bit, and that that could help LSU. So 
if I'm LSU, I'm focused on, in a way, controlling the clock, but even more importantly, run the football, get your quarterback comfortable, and, and then look for those explosive plays that, that Innsmere so often references as, as being key, uh, whether it's in the run game or in the pass game. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They Luckily for them, like Ed Ogeron said, they had a couple extra days to put together a game plan on what they want to do and, and, and watch more of South Carolina and where to attack them. So maybe that helps them in the end as LSU looks like it's trending towards potentially starting a true freshman against South Carolina this weekend as they head into Tiger Stadium. One thing we're going to do, we've got a couple more injury updates to go through. We're going to talk about the line and how this one might get a little interesting from the betting angle, as well as uh, uh, some other early takeaways on uh, LSU South Carolina. We're going to do that on the other side of this quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder, guys, guys, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast. Appreciate all you guys who have done that already. Shay, uh, last week, you know, Derek Stingley was, was hobbled by that ankle injury that, uh, that he sustained against Missouri. That was something to watch going into that game. It seems like he's going to be ready to go, I think, much more so. And this week, he's going to match up against Shai Smith, most likely, is South Carolina's leading receiver, 347 yards, three touchdowns on the year so far. And I'll make note of this. Nick Muse has had a really strong start to the year for South Carolina, 13 catches for 185 yards for a tight end uh, that, you know, is in a, you know, I would say a fairly pro kind of multiple style attack uh, is pretty good. So he's one to watch as well in the uh, receiving game. And then the, the I think one of the cooler storylines here is uh, – J.C. Horn coming back to Louisiana where his dad, Joe Horn, starred for the Saints for so many years, uh, and he's going to have to match up against Terrace Marshall. 
Yeah, I mean, that was one thing beyond the quarterbacks. Orgeron was getting questions on this matchup more than anything. And uh, Horn has quickly uh, played himself uh, up into the conversation as one of the best DBs and, and certainly corners uh, in the country. And you look at what Marshall's done. I mean, he's been brilliant. He's averaging a couple of touchdowns a game. He's almost, uh, uh, shoot, by midway to halfway through this game, he'll probably be at 500 yards in the year. He's, uh, I know they missed the game, but letting, heading into last week, he was leading uh, the SEC in touchdowns and, and was up there in terms of just all of his total numbers, uh, I think seven touchdowns on the year. So he's been probably one of the two or three best receivers in football to start uh, the 2020 season, and, and Horn's right there with him uh, in terms of the production he's had. I know he's had a couple of picks. Uh, he's scored uh, a touchdown already playing corner. Uh, but most impressive has just been, I think he's, I read earlier today, he's allowed three catches. He's going about 50, uh, about 50 something snaps. I think it was uh, in between uh, each catch he was allowing. So he's as locked down as it gets, at least in terms of how guys are playing this year. And, and boy, Marshall, you talk about it being not a fun thing to watch, but it's going to be such a critical thing, right? At least we can assume that uh, whether Brennan plays or doesn't, no number two receivers emerge for LSU. Eric Gilbert's done it, but he's played tight end. So when you look into the receiver room, who else is really going to step up for you? McMath hasn't had that big game yet. You've seen sparks from John Trey Kirkland, from Jare Jenkins, from Kayshawn Boutte at the back end of games. But we haven't seen anyone just step up and say, okay, if they've got Terrace Marshall locked down, I can dominate this game. And, and maybe we see that this weekend. But I, I think more than anything, you need a, to find a way for Marshall, who is your 100-plus yard, you know, two-touchdown-a-game guy, uh, to have some production, even more so uh, if you get into a spot where you're starting one of these true freshmen and you have to think they're going to be looking this way even more knowing that, hey, that's the guy right there that produces about half the production of the room. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, another, by the way, uh, you know, J.C. Horn isn't the only, um, you know, I would say uh, famous football legacy to be uh, rolling into this one. Uh, South Carolina also has Shiloh Sanders, Deion Sanders' son, uh, who's back there in the secondary as well? So, um, some some famous famous names in the uh, in the back end of the South Carolina defense, and they're going to have to slow down Terrace Marshall uh, because it, I think when you have a young quarterback, and the, I guess this is something could have mentioned when we were talking about this earlier, you're going to want to go and find him your go-to receiver early on, somebody that they could trust, feel a lot of confidence in, and and that's got to be Terrace Marshall, I would think for for both uh, Max Johnson and TJ Finley, get them going, get the, get that confidence going early on um, with, with them and, and Terrace Marshall. And if JC Horn locks them down, it could be a, it could be a real long afternoon for, for LSU. And I think that's why it makes this uh, six and a half point favorite is where it's at for LSU right now. Uh, it, it makes that line so interesting because yeah, this is a South Carolina team that uh, isn't necessarily you know, world beaters by any means, but, I'll say this about them. They're 2-2 two and two on the season. They're 3-0-1 oh, against the spread. So that's pretty good. And LSU is just 1-2 and two against the spread. So if you're looking for, honestly, to uh, maybe make yourself feel better if LSU does, you know, isn't able to pull this one out, it might be to throw a little money on the Gamecocks. Well, I used to say that LSU fans should just bet on the other team every game money line. That way, if you LSU loses and you've won some money and if LSU wins and you can just consider it that you paid for them to win the game so uh, I think that's pretty much how all LSU fans should be approaching watching games but uh but look I 
I would I'll say this, and I'm like not great at all with all the Vegas stuff, but if Brennan wasn't hurt at all, I think the line would be more than it would have opened it more than six and a half. Like I think that they knew from last week from Orgeron being very honest and saying Miles Brennan would not have played against Florida with all the sort of scuttle that's been out there that he's a little bit more banged up or he's taken longer to heal than they anticipated, which is what Orgeron confirmed today. Uh, I think this six and a half is probably knowing that they're going to be playing a, one of the true freshmen. I'd be, I'd be shocked if we see some major swing in the line this week. Yeah, I, I think as, as the week unfolds, and, and we'll hear more, you know, I think Ed Ogeron will be on the teleconference on Wednesday. He'll be on the radio show Wednesday night. Uh, and then Thursday night, he'll have his you know, final press conference with us, which I would have to imagine. And I know Ed Ogeron said he wants to tell Max Johnson, TJ Finley Friday morning is what he kind of alluded to. But I would think by that point, we at least know Miles Brennan in or out. And then we'll find out the starting quarterback on, you know, you know basically game time. Um, but that'll really be the, the chance for the line to really swing the other way. So um, if you're thinking about taking South Carolina anyway and you see that Miles Brennan is kind of in a bad spot right now, it appears to play in this game might be best just to throw that some money on that six and a half right now to, for the Gamecocks to cover. But anyway, uh, it's not all, it's not all about the, the offense in this game. I, I would think, I mean, LSU's defense has a chance to right some of the wrongs from the first three games of LSU's season. And, and they have a chance to do so against a team that isn't particularly, you know, explosive on offense by any means uh, with, with Colin Hill at quarterback running the show. Uh, kind of pedestrian, you know, 6.3 yards yards attempt, uh, 4 to 2 TD to INT uh, ratio on the season so far. This is a team that has a great running back, though, in Kevin Harris. At Ogeron said they're re- going to really have to get him on the ground to do a good job tackling, something that LSU, quite frankly, hasn't done too, too uh, good of a job at so far this year. No, and I was going to say, if you want to each give up one thing, we had we've written down a note that at the end of the podcast, we'd each give our one – take or or one thing we really wanted to see from the defense uh this week because obviously they've just been they've been bad in a number of categories and very bad in some certainly against the past game uh but they need to answer some questions in the run game and i was going to just say tackling like how simple but yeah i thought that was paramount in a week like this one is just make sure you're tackling and and i'll make it a little more general at least i'll say they've got to get back to fundamentals and whatever they did defensively, like they need to worry less about South Carolina the past week, really since Wednesday, when they found out they weren't playing Florida, they need to be doubling up the time they're worrying about LSU and cleaning. And that's what Orgeron even said today. He said, look, right. So far we've been working on LSU is how we need to clean up uh, things on defense. And I think it goes back because he talked a ton about this a week ago uh, before the game was canceled is or postponed is that it's back to, simplifying things to the point where you're putting the guys out there and they know what they're doing and don't put guys in a spot where you're so confused pre-snap where guys are looking at each other. Uh, And I think one thing that comes with that, which maybe what we'll be able to notice um, even sort of in uh, the most, you know, casual observer is who do we see out there taking a real leadership role is Jacoby Stevens lining guys up is Damone Clark being even more vocal than ever. Who is, who's really out here making sure that everything uh, is moving well uh, and sort of uh, everyone is being held accountable and, and really following through with, with what they need to do and, and really eliminating those mental errors and where everybody sits around and sort of just points at each other afterwards. So 
I'm looking for a leader on defense, but I'm really just looking for him to get back to basics, make it a little more simple. And this is a good week to do it because South Carolina isn't a bunch of smoke and mirrors. They're not running a bunch of pre-step motion like Missouri does to fool you. They're not air raid of Mike Leach. They're going to run a pretty straightforward game plan on you. Uh, are you able to stop it in, in sort of the run and the pass? Uh, I'll be interested to see. I think this is a good test for them, but I think it's one that they, they're sort of – you need this one to build yourself up a little before you start facing the better teams of the SEC again. I think you nailed it, honestly. And you covered a lot. So I think your one takes, you know, I'm going to steal like one of them. And, and I think, you know, it was tackling. Uh, yeah, I'd like five takes in there. To be honest. <laughs> so just give one and then it's just five of them. <laughs> I'm going to take tackling. And, and I think that goes back to – and it can you can kind of build off of that in terms of leadership. You know, just sometimes there's – there's I, I think it was the year that LSU lost to Troy and they went on the road and beat Florida the next week. And it was the week of meetings. And I could be wrong about that. Or maybe it was even a, a couple, you know, maybe it was a season before. Maybe it was right before Les got let, let go. But all these meetings happened. And there was player meetings and, you know, a meeting with, you know, Coach O or whoever. And, you know, it was just all these meetings. And at the end of the day, I mean, they got back to just playing football. And sometimes it's just actions speak louder than words. And I think tackling is the action that can really say a lot about this defense this week if they can do it. And that's where your leadership is going to step up. Uh, from is is the players that really step up and and bring it in terms of their play on the field um, rather than doing a bunch of talking and 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 you know you need to communicate on defense don't get me wrong but make tackles when you have opportunities to play with good fundamentals you know that that's where it all starts and that's what else she's been so good at you know for years playing defensively uh, and so I'd like to see a lot more of that this weekend against South Carolina or else it's not going to be a fun Saturday night on the go 24 seven message board uh, by any means, but we've gone on long enough. I think we'll be back later in the week with our full game preview podcast of this one. Hopefully we'll have an answer as to whether miles Brennan will be under center or in the shotgun, I should say for LSU against South Carolina. But if not, it'll be Max Johnson or TJ Finley. That was a big takeaway from Monday and we'll be monitoring it all week on go 24 seven. Uh, this is a good time to remind you guys to sign up for our text alerts. You can get text alerts with big breaking news as well. So do that. Check that out uh, on the Go247 homepage. And uh, until next time, guys, hope you guys have a great uh, rest of the week leading up to this one. And we'll uh, keep you guys all up to date on Miles Brennan's status ahead of uh, Saturday's kickoff against South Carolina. So thanks for listening and have a good one, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.